Satyoga is really only for those who recognize that transcendence of the ego is a matter of life and death. That your mind is so out of control that you can no longer manage your reality if you remain within the ego identity. Or that you're carrying so much unbearable pain that you will either have to transcend the ego or commit some other form of suicide on a physical level. And at the end of Kali Yuga, where we are now, every soul carries so much pain from so many other lives, so much karma. The soul itself is ripped and torn and unable to function, let alone the ego split into a thousand shards of egoic fragments with no willpower, a total inner chaos of instability. That there is no way out except the death of the ego. And it's when that is recognized that there is nothing else on one's agenda but that that liberation is achieved. But as long as there are any options of doing anything else, one will choose those options. Because this is the most difficult, most radical. And it's only an extreme amount of pain that would provoke someone to take a path like this. And so therefore consider your pain a blessing. Without it you would not find God. Those who have the most pain are the most blessed. But it's important that the pain be emotional pain, mental pain, not physical. When you repress the pain of the soul into the body, then one has an excuse to deal with it through allopathic means, through cutting off body parts and through taking anesthetizing medications. And even your mental and emotional pain these days will be treated with such anesthetizing psychotropic medicines because they have no way of dealing with pain except to put band-aids over them, to numb you out, the system itself is part of the cause of the pain, therefore the system has no answer to the pain. The therapists themselves are in pain. Most of the clients I had in California were therapists. Some were even gurus. They were burned out. They couldn't handle the pain that they were receiving every day from eight or ten clients dumping it in their laps. And now it's exponentially greater every day. The amount of the pain in the world cannot be contained. And thus the world explodes. But the only thing that can destroy the pain is gigantic, massive bombs that destroy the world. 
collective suicide. To avoid that option and choose the other option, which is God, there must be a radical surrender to God, a radical faithfulness to God knowing that God is the only hope that we have. But this corrupt society has caused people even to become skeptical, if not cynical, about the reality of God, thus shutting off the one healthy option there is for resolving one's issues. Or the approaches have been made with the implicit or explicit belief that the ego is somehow real and therefore efforts must be made over a long period of time to gradually soothe and relax the body and the mind. All of these hatha yoga methods, asanas and pranayamas, even kirtan and all of these approaches through singing and dancing, they provide only temporary relief. because the pain causes contractions to come back, symptoms to be renewed. And when the songs are over and it's closing time at the bar or the ashram, the agony returns. There is no way out through any methods, through any techniques, through any avoidances. There must be surrender of the mind surrender of the agony that is the ego. It is the embodiment of agony. And so we see people even here who cannot keep still. Their involuntary motions of the body are simply signifiers of an agony that cannot be contained. All the symptoms, all the tics, all the coughs, all the ways in which people disturb themselves and others in the room are because of an uncontainable agony. We all know that. And thus with compassion we can help that to be contained. But what if we have no margin because we can't contain our own pain then how do we have compassion for the other? And thus we must begin the process of liberation by recognizing the reality of God. That God has a greater reality than the ego has. The ego is only a chaos. It has no internal order. It has no power. It has no coherence. It's simply a set of beliefs, fantasies, and emotional agonies for not having been recognized, not having been fulfilled, not having attained to some perfection imagined as being the ideal that would bring approval from some other who is itself idealized. And thus if one begins the process at least with a recognition that only God is perfect 
and that all reality must be perfect because of God's perfection and that God is the ordainer of all that happens. Then one can lift the burden of guilt and the burden of shame and the burden of some sense of responsibility for the creation. Our responsibility is only to the Creator. And the process of spiritual development comes through a self-inquiry in which we ask at ever deeper levels, what is this self that is in such agony? Who am I who cannot bear this pain? And eventually it becomes realized that the I itself is the pain. It's not a pain that it carries. It's a pain that it is. It itself is the disturbance of the peace of the universe. In that recognition that the I, which is simply thought, and thought itself that proceeds from the I and is its own extension, can never find the solution to the problems because thought is the problem. The mind endeavors to return to its source in silence to that level of consciousness prior to the mind. And it is this process, in the same way that the salmon goes up the stream to find its original spawning ground, that we travel up the stream of consciousness until we find the birthplace of the ego. And that birthplace must become its death place. in the silence of its origins and in that moment before it originated, before it emerged from the self in order to die back into the self. And find again eternal life. It is in that death of the ego alone that we discover that the world is not cut into a myriad of individual beings. There is only one being. And therefore, that being which is beyond form, beyond time and space, and does not die and has never been born, that being, the real being, has no pain, no agony, no suffering. And it was only an illusion that we came to be born in the same way that a photon emerges from the sun and hits the earth. But if that photon were to return on its path into the sun, 
it would realize it was never anything but the sun. We are that source of light that has on some illusory trajectory come into the framework of space and time and the illusion of individuality. But really we are the consciousness which is dreaming this world, not those that appear within the dream. And thus no one has ever come to be and no one ever dies. And the one who mourns the death of another is still only believing in and not allowing for the mourning of their own ego, which only in the ending of its grief by realizing that it never was, can one's real self come alive in that life that is immortal and free of pain and therefore able to heal others still under the cloud of illusion. To reach this realization, the mind must stop. The immovable space of the heart, which is called here die in Sanskrit, because you must come here to die. Some pronounce it hurry die. <laughs> because you must hurry and die here. But it's only by being here and dying to the mind that the heart opens and again emits the love that heals all suffering. In that immovable spot that is the tree of life, the Bodhi tree, the tree of illumination, the tree in which the pairs of opposites that have crucified the soul are reunited and integrated into non-duality. Even those two trees of the Garden of Eden must be realized as one. It was only our inability to focus that made us see two trees in the place of one. There has never been but a single tree. And even that is simply the imaginary extension of a seed. It never changes. And that seed of life that seed of eternal consciousness and intelligence is capable to, of giving birth to an infinite number of apparent trees in the phenomenal plane of a Garden of Eden that is ever renewed, ever green, ever young, ever beautiful. But only when seen and recognized for what it really is, as the dreamer of a dream that never was, but a dreamer that is 
eternal, immortal, perfect, infinitely beautiful and infinitely blissful, and yet invisible to the senses, invisible to all but the heart itself, palpable only to the purity of love of which it is the source. And only in the stillness of mind is the divine light and love able again to saturate and dissolve the illusion of the ego and bring about the realization of the eternal bliss of the one self that all of us manifest. There is no need to wait and to suffer any longer. There is need only to surrender the mind to the presence of God that is itself the awareness of the mind, is the consciousness that even enables you to know you have a mind and to know that that mind is unreal and that the consciousness itself, which observes all, is also dreaming all. And our only mistake was to believe our dream was real. It is only made up of symbols of a higher reality, of an intelligence that is dreaming, even the dreamer of the dream, and itself is dreamless, and we are that. This realization alone is the medicine that heals all suffering. It is yours simply for the willingness to surrender. Take this time release capsule and be released from time and all of its karmic vicissitudes. Take this capsule that will decapitate the ego and leave you free to know the infinite self. the courage to enter into the emptiness beyond the mind.
dive into the abyss of the heart. And be free. Surrender to the stillness of the self and all the chaotic impulses and agonies of the ego mind will be resolved and you shall know peace of the body, of the heart, of the consciousness. Choose to liberate yourself from the illusion of the ego and know that there are no obstacles but that illusion itself, which is not real. You are free. You are freedom itself. 